0: I was about to say earlier when I saw Colorado and Florida playing, I was like, "Could you imagine that Cup final rematch?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow! Like never... that being an anticipated rematch that somebody at the Florida Sports Station has to like somehow turn it into a story. Like, remember this?
1: Like, that would probably no. be a big deal for Florida. It's crazy yeah. to think that they've been in the Stanley Cup final. That that's one of those things that's just been totally memory hold by me. Imagine it's also crazy that.
0: Like early uh, 2011, and being like, Florida has been to the finals more recently than we have.
1: Yeah. It's also crazy <laughs> that Colorado won a Stanley Cup the year they relocated with Mark Crawford. Yeah. Everything about that just feels weird. Yeah. Uh, have you guys ever been to, uh, you guys get to do your, your like Vancouver landmarks and shit all the time? Uh, have you guys ever been to Butchart Gardens? Yes. Have you ever been at Christmas time? No, I haven't. Ah, uh, that sounds horrible. No, it's nice. Like, I mean, really? it's it's really it's really busy, which is unfortunate. But like, they have it all like done up with like like they go all okay, out actually. with the Christmas lights. Like, it's like okay, it's fucking covered and covered. The only problem is there's always like there there's there's just like a rump minority of people who always walk the wrong way through the entire yeah. thing. And it's always it's always a with a stroller. <laughs> it's always a fucking guy with a stroller. Anyways, no, it's uh, it's really cool. I went up there uh, this weekend. I go like every year. It's um, uh, they do this thing where though that's like really cheesy. Where uh, they have like you walk along the path and they have like the twelve days of Christmas. Uh huh. So like right. you walk past like uh like uh, a toucan and ostrich. uh uh, like fucking penguin and another uh you know and like a chicken or something and they're all holding cell phones and it's like four calling birds and you're like oh ha 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 ha. that's very oh i thought
2: you were just like yeah. there's just like four penguins and three toucans and (laughs) birds there are in the song
1: (laughs) well i was thinking about that i was thinking about that song though and like the guy in that song fucking sucks at giving gifts (laughs) Like those gifts suck ass. First of all, half of them are half of them are people. It's Kaiser Soze (laughs) giving gifts. Like uh,
0: what's in the room right before he has to give the gifts? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Half of them are people. There's so many birds. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I also gotta see, yeah, so many birds. Like, like you would, the upkeep on those birds would be awful. Wait, actually,
0: are there that many birds in there? I mean, like, not um, as in the different amounts of birds.
1: Yeah, there's a lot. Like the first five are all well, not five, but like the first like. <laughs> yeah, five is famously golden. It's race. like three out of five are like birds, like because there's Fair the ter- enough, there's yeah. the there's the the partridge. Uh, which do- you know what?
0: Never knew what a partridge was. Okay, well, there you go. I just thought it was like a basket in a pear tree. Or you thought it was
1: Steve Coogan's beloved character in a pear tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, then yeah, then you have the two turtle doves, and then you got the uh, the three four French three French hens, the four calling birds, and the six geese a leg. So we got five out of six birds. And then uh, the other thing I was going to say is, as a musician, there's no way you're going to find twelve drummers who can all drum in time with one another. But I'm Tiss.
0: Get it? Because it's
1: drummers. Because <laughs> it's drummers. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I always had a thing with Butcher Gardens where uh, early on my family would always bring in other visiting families to there's always a suspension bridge butcher gardens and then obviously the ferry. also just to like show people visiting from new zealand refugee like oh what's what life is like here we (laughs) go to these three places all the time but like i had to go to but basically i just have to go to butcher gardens all the time and like when you're when
1: you're seven and and you have to just like walk
0: a lot and all you see is flowers and you're walking at old people pace like it's
1: the worst man that's a that's a rip because i've only ever gone at christmas time and, like, that's what you want to do as a kid. You want to, like, see all the, like, pretty yeah. lights and shit. I you have it. to just go it, when Valley. it's normal. Yeah. That sucks.
0: And the flowers are mostly dead, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see any flowers. I,
1: you didn't I see any really, flowers? Or I don't know. I wasn't really. It was dark. It's nighttime. <laughs> and, you know, I mostly just see Christmas lights. The one yeah. cool thing that they have is, you know, those they're they're usually you utilized terribly because they're usually just like a guy who is too lazy to put Christmas lights on his house? But like, you know, there's like projection lights that are like yeah. the new hotness now.
0: Yeah, sure. I assume everyone who has those is too lazy to put up.
1: Lights. Yeah. So the cool thing that uh, oh those
0: lights, like like there'll be a design or something in there. Yeah, that's like projecting it, on. Yeah. It just like okay.
1: projects onto a structure or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the cool thing that Art Gardens does is they have those, but they're in the hanging gardens. So like they just like project onto these like leaves, these like long like leaves that are like hanging down. Oh, and yeah. uh, and it's like totally covered. Like you can't see the sky or anything. So you're just like immersed in this. Uh... Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's so that that sounds sounds a fun really time. Cool.
0: Yeah, it does it's... sound fun. I, I do like that. I do like lights. I do like Christmas lights. As soon as I finally get a place in Vancouver, I like, I definitely want to do a Christmas tree creation because I didn't do it growing
1: up. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Fair yeah. enough. We just put up the Christmas tree.
0: Nice. Yeah uh god i love i love watching thomas trance on tv the volume's off so it's just like it's just a happy orc (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) i am the one who said that that's Uh, a bird
1: that's wow No, it's
0: just he's it's it's the mannerisms the way that he smiles like while listening to somebody else and just like gives these like coy looks to the camera there's something who's this guy next to him Oh, that's Randy Evjanda. He's on the radio, but oh, I okay. Uh, oh, okay. I haven't seen him on the air before, though.
1: Uh, yes, the, yeah, uh, he, he the, does the uh, people show. I think with people uh people yeah, or maybe that's, that's right. uh, Sat and uh, no, it's Sat and uh, Dan Riccio. Oh, because okay, it's because yeah, yeah. it's Reach Deep, right? And yeah, that's right. Pun.
0: Yeah, 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 right, right, yeah
1: right. he's the deep. Oh. <laughs> All right, folks, welcome to another (laughs) episode of
0: Rexy TV. Elbowing my girlfriend, nudging her, like,
1: that's the deep. (laughs) deep. (laughs) Me watching uh, Red Deep Dread on TV, that's the deep. Uh, That's great, yeah.
2: Speed, agility, power. I'm a big fan of these things. All of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion.
1: Just, I hear you Hi, everybody. Oh. Welcome to Roxy Fever. Up? Um, What's up, Bill? I'm your host, Jackson McDonald, with me as most of the time. As most of the time it's us, Turan.
2: And like most of the time it's Elliot. Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> so we are we are recording uh, on Sunday night during the Carolina Hurricanes game. So we may have the result of that by the end of uh, by the end of the night, but maybe not. Um,
0: yeah, I hope so. And it's already won nothing. But, yeah.
1: Uh, through uh
0: oh god who scored
1: Besser who yes scored. yes yeah. he is hot all of a sudden I I actually think I will say three just and off four hop, right and that's that's got to be five no four points and
0: five points in four games I think. Yeah.
1: yeah I believe you're correct uh yeah. just off the hop I will say actually um obviously uh we introduced Bruce Boudreau as the coach in the last episode but uh, obviously, they've gotten a little bit of a bump here, as you might expect. But the one one thing that I definitely can see having a Bruce having a huge impact on is Brock Besser, because uh, Besser infamously was not very well liked by Travis Green for whatever reason. It, I always considered no, I didn't. It to I be, didn't catch on to that. Actually. Yeah, no. I mean, it was always a thing that I heard whispers about from people mm-hmm. who are who are connected. And for me, that was always his, his like biggest blind spot was just not the fact that he was never that high on, on Besser and very quick to, uh, to kind of go elsewhere when, when he was struggling on, on whether it was on the lotto line or anywhere else. Um,
2: I mean, that makes sense just because of green and his like obsession with, I mean, I know that everyone complains with every coach being obsessed with grinders, but like. Besser is not a Travis Green style player.
1: No, he's not. But like Elias Patterson is. So yeah. it's not like it's not like Green was like a total dinosaur or anything. No. But yeah, I always just kind of thought that uh that he that Besser kind of got a didn't really get a fair shake under Green, so I'm glad to mm. see him um uh so hot all of a sudden. Do you guys think he's gonna get traded? Just because of his qualifying offer?
0: <laughs> I I mean I mean the odds of everybody getting traded have risen dramatically high to, in to a sense that I, to a degree that I did not expect. Like I have no idea what Rutherford's track record is for specific types of players, because like, I feel like when I think about Pittsburgh, I think, okay, you have your spine and then you can trade whoever else, or or like you can wheel and deal with every other asset. And I don't know where Besser or a player like Besser ranks for him. Obviously it'll take time to see. I don't think a trade is going to happen very soon. Uh, I guess maybe by the deadline, perhaps, but uh, yeah, I'm, I I think it's a it's a much more open question than it ever was before. Like I feel like before it was kind of like a hot take that would come from us podcast hosts and people <laughs> like us, but but now it's it's going to be it's going to be a chiron on Sportsnet, you know? Like, uh, yeah, answers yes.
2: I think it I... all comes down to just how productive he is over the next how many years he have left too.
1: No, he's, he's up he's up for his qualifying offer at the end of this year, oh, which is why yeah. there's been it so much. It literally just depends on
2: how much how well he does this year.
1: Yeah, that's why there's been they're so either, much. They're uh, either going to
2: sell low on him or like,
1: yeah.
0: And I think, don't know if anybody's written about this, but I, I I would be curious about what the actual like pattern is for Rutherford's trading uh, is kind of what I was trying to get at there. Like, yeah, we know he trades a lot, for, but like who and what and for what reason does he tend to trade uh, all right, well, I think I think would be really good. So obviously
1: we're burying the lead here, which is that since the last time we recorded the Canucks right. have a new front office. Yeah. Um there's a couple of guys it's who are no guy. longer <laughs> in the front office, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But obviously, Jim Rutherford in uh the Stan Smeal era lasted all of two games. I'm not gonna make the undefeated joke because everybody made that joke, uh, but it is funny that uh Stance meal, we did will let it go down as having a
0: during the stance meal era. I, I, I do want to uh balance out this whole the hype around the stance meal era. <laughs> we only had
1: two shutouts in that period. No, one, yeah, one. <laughs> only I don't know, one. man. Yeah. I don't know. I am uh going to look up the uh Pittsburgh Penguins trade record here in a moment sure. because yeah. uh yeah. I feel like that can could potentially uh. Give us a a window into Jim Rutherford's mind and the kind of players he uh, values, perhaps. We'll see. Um, and we, but- we
0: made a slight reference. Oh, yeah, sorry, go on. I was uh, sorry.
1: <laughs> no, it's okay. I was just going to say uh, initial thoughts on uh, the Canucks hiring Jim Rutherford as their new president of hockey operations and interim GM.
2: So I don't know enough about him really to have much of an opinion other than does it have to be another extremely, like, like, I get the impression that he's a bit more of a hockey man, and I would have rather that they looked a bit further afield to someone who might be a bit more creative. Mm -hmm. Um, The only big trade or acquisition or deals that I remember him doing is like the Alexiak thing and then like good Branson yeah so it's enough. like that's not exactly a saying endorsement at the same time it's like i know this is just because i don't really pay attention to pittsburgh
1: yeah fair enough yeah.
2: because like why are you gonna pay attention to pittsburgh because it's you know the 12 guys that are the 20 guys on their roster that aren't malkin and crosby and tang like those everyone else doesn't matter
0: yeah in a sense rutherford uh, burst roxy fever uh because That's true. we referenced this the last course. episode about how we started our first episode. Uh, uh, cheering the the to, yeah, a trade away a good ransom, and uh, it was because of that we pretty much decided, okay, final, let's finally yeah, let's come over, let's get a rack together and start this episode. Uh, <laughs> first time we all met, which is great. Uh, but my first reaction, which is not my like biggest staying reaction about it, it was. The guy who traded for Good Branson after he was with us, (laughs) that was the only thing I could think about. Even even if he trades a lot and how more exciting that could be, whatever. Yeah, he's had a few cups to his name. Uh, That just spoke to me a little bit like, uh, this guy. Yeah, how did you manage I'm afraid of his philosophy. How
1: did you manage to... Find like the one other guy who thinks Eric and Branson is good. Actually, the sad thing is, I think there are probably a lot of general managers who think, yeah, Eric and and, Branson is and good. I yeah.
0: look. I, I don't know too much about his time in Calgary right now, but I know when I try to make jokes about him being on the Flames to to my buddy Dustin, Dustin does not immediately laugh because he's like he's because I think he's fine. I, I think he's just fine, and he's tough when the Flames need him to be tough. I mean, they uh, probably, I'm mean, curious if he's, only, if he's only
2: playing like a six defenseman role like, yeah. and he's being paid a reasonable, reasonable yeah. amount of money,
0: he very well
2: like he can do that. Yeah, he's yeah. probably
0: right exactly where he needs to be for contract purposes, for position purposes, for depth when you purposes.
2: you treat him like he's a shutdown, second pairing like high minute man that of second pairing is a thing that's, that, that's a problem.
1: That is a thing that should be considered in like people's war ratings is like their role Because
0: Hmm.
1: ultimately, like, how do you think you'd even calculate? I have no idea how you would do this, but like, ultimately, if you think about it, like, the least valuable, the the least valuable player, you would test it with your eyes, I guess. I don't (laughs) know. The (laughs) the least valuable player in the NHL in like 2016 or whatever year it was was Mm -hmm. Brandon Sutter because he Mm. was terrible and he played first line minutes. you know yeah. what i mean like i feel like that sort yeah. of thing should like be accounted for more because there there's this i whole, think one of the
2: one of the war ratings does do like war per six like kind of like a, maybe a war, war per 60 like goal per 60 yeah so like if a player does play a ton then that number doesn't change as much
1: i should look into hmm. that that sounds intriguing uh i i've pulled up uh it's kind of like uh, a quality of
0: competition metric too.
1: Okay, yeah, I have no pulled up. So like um, that. that sounds
0: familiar. Like that doesn't seem like a, a deep underrated fancy stat. That seems like one of the ones I tend to see on like J Fresh's ratings and whatnot.
1: But I but I have no idea what I'm looking at when I see that. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, I've pulled up the the trade tracker here. Uh, we won't go through all of them, but I'll just highlight a couple of like big ones. His first big trade. Uh, as GM of the Penguins, was to move oh, out. I
0: thought you're you going to go back to the Chris Pronger trade in 1994.
1: <laughs> no, it was. Um, <laughs> was like, oh, boy. To move boy. out <laughs> James Neal for Patrick Hornquist and Nick Spaulding, which I think worked mm. out reasonably well. <laughs> um, landed David Perron for Rob Klinkhammer in a first round pick. That's like, that's a good like buy move, like trading a first for David Perron. Yeah. If you're Um, a cup contender, if you're a cup contender. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, a little, a little move here that I like quite a lot is, uh, just a one for one Marcel Gawk for Maxim Lapierre. I think he definitely wins that one. I mean, anytime Um, you can acquire
2: Max Lapierre, you gotta take it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, obviously, uh, the Phil Kessel for Kasperi Kapanen and Magic Beans trade, uh, I think, you know, I, once again, like it's sort of easy when you're buying and you're, you're, you're right in that cup window and you have like, as we alluded to already Crosby and Latang and Malkin, um, Mm -hmm. because it just like, it doesn't really matter that you traded a really good prospect and a first round pick because you're getting prime Phil Kessel in a potential cup year. Um, and then when you have, that's definitely like a win-win trade too. It is, yeah. Like the Leafs got the Leafs got a good deal, like a, a good return for Phil Kessel for a rebuilding yeah. team because they get a uh, they get a... a prospect will be good when
2: it matters to them as opposed to Kessel, who I mean is still good and yes. they probably could use him right now. But like but
1: there was also no way they were holding on to him through an entire rebuild. It would have just been a yeah. waste. And, and then I mean, they get a first. I remember, as well. Kessel is having a tough time in Toronto too. It yeah, was, it was good for him yeah. to yeah. use. Yes, absolutely. And then his next trade is, of course, Nick Benino, Adam Clendenning, and a second round pick for Brandon Sutter and a conditional third round pick. Um, So, you know, his early work in Pittsburgh all looks pretty good. Um, Trades trades David Perron for Carl Hagelin uh, not too long after. Uh, Obviously, the HBK line was like, I think you could argue the reason why they won that cup and even the second one because. The HBK line. Could you yeah. remind me what that was? Haglin, Liberty, Newcastle. Um, because I mean, I remember wow, when that's they...
0: a, that's a line that Rutherford builds, like yeah, specifically, exactly.
1: like like through, oh. through through all through trades, I believe. Interesting. Uh, yeah, all through trades. So, and and I mean, I I, I really was happy when those Penguins teams uh won back to back, just because I thought it was good for the game to see that strategy uh, succeed, which is basically send out Crosby, win the matchup, send or like you know, tie the matchup, right? Mm. Send out Malkin, At worst. win yeah. or tie the matchup. And then by the time you get to your third line, you have Phil Kessel on your third line. <laughs> it's just it's just like interesting. No one can compete with that. You know? They yeah. had the best third line in hockey that year, like actually. Like people talk about that like there's a, there's the, the old, uh, fucking trope about like the, you need uh, a third
0: and fourth line to win a cup. Kind yeah. Of the, uh, and yeah. the, scoring, you scoring know, lines. the,
1: what was it? The Islanders best fourth <laughs> line in hockey. That's just like three overpaid checkers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like in
2: 2016, I'm pretty sure the Penguins third line was better than the Canucks second line by a mile. In 16, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. God, it was probably better than their first line even. Um, so just looking through here uh this is where we start to get <clears throat> a little bit the the decisions get a little bit more questionable like um ryan reeves the ryan reeves trade uh ryan reeves in a second for oscar sunquist in a first
0: that that um, that's a trade that like every old guy makes though you know yeah for sure like that's not a particularly weird one that benning would make the like really bad meat and potatoes, or like less obvious and bad meat and potatoes. That's but. such
1: a bad player to trade a first round it, pick for though. Like that is just oh, really rough.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah,
1: Like that's that, that is the kind of shit that worries me, but obviously he's coming into a, uh, presidential role. So he's pro. he's hopefully you're going to say he, he's coming in during an election year. <laughs> <Yeah. was> like, <laughs> where is he going with this? Uh, He's, he's coming in uh, to, to be an overseer rather than a like, details guy, which I think is a better, ultimately, like a better you, place for him. you would hope so, because yes. I
0: kind of just had this like, daunting thought about the combination of the Aquilini, the Aquilini family liking to rush things, developments, uh, picking berries, and building hockey teams, uh, with a guy who actually trades all the time. Uh, it, that's a lot of chaos. Like, not just a guy who can trade a lot, but also trying to appease an owner who wants yeah. to win now. Because maybe Aquilini has seen some light. Maybe he's willing to, to, to actually do a rebuild here, uh, maybe after this season. But he has the one guy whose reputation is, I can turn things around really quick with trades, or at least I can try. Yeah. And so
1: that is that is scary because he would have a huge license to do that. I got two more highlights here. Um, honestly, like most of these trades, like I don't like Jamie Alexiak, but they traded a fourth for him. And he's right. gotten better since they traded for him. Um, hmm. I don't like uh, Tanner Pearson for Eric and Branson, obviously. Uh, but Tanner Pearson sucked when he trained with him in his defense. Yeah,
2: Tanner Pearson was struggling. And the other thing about that, too, is like all of their defensemen were injured, right?
1: Yeah, so they kind of need Branson,
2: like they just need a body.
1: I also, if I remember correct, if I am remembering this correctly, I don't think the salaries were. I think it was like a wash salary-wise, pretty much. Yeah, Um, I'm not going to look that up. I'm too lazy. But anyways, the last two that's about right. That I just wanted to highlight here. This is a really good one. Uh, Vince Dunn, Derek Broussard, and a third for a first. Philip Gustafson, Ian Cole, and a third. Um, getting Vince Dunn and Derek Broussard without really have to, having to give up a real asset besides a first is like pretty decent. I don't think Derek Broussard really worked out in Pittsburgh, but, um, I mean, fuck, like look at how good Vince Dunn uh, has been for the, uh, the blues. And I think the Kraken as well. I think he's like, yeah. Cause he's one of their picks, right? That first. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I I, I remember like that first week people were like, who's going to score goals for the, uh, for the Kraken and it was like Vince Dunn apparently <laughs> um and then the last one here is uh uh Jared McCann and Nick Bukestad for Riley Sharon Shan, Derek Broussard and a bunch of late picks um him being one of the guys in the league who actually values Jared McCann is a good sign to me um mm-hmm. because he's kind of like uh he's a very good example to me of a player that like smart people think is good and bad people ignore. Mm. Um, But anyways, um, I guess my final take on, on Jim Rutherford as an ad is an uninspiring choice, but not necessarily a bad one. Um, I was listening to Donnie and Dolly uh, in preparation for, uh, uh, for this episode. Mm -hmm. And one thing that they pointed out that, Is not without merit. Is that? Oh, that was a beautiful goal by Peterson. Holy shit! He's back, baby. Ah, man, that is much needed. Even strength snipe. Oh, that was 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 what he needed, like desperately. Holy shit! Anyways,
0: a tough matchup too with the cock cock Kokkinen, anyway. That's how much my stream is gorgeous. (laughs) All right, beautiful. Wow, we love it. Um, Donnie and Dolly.
1: Yeah, I was listening to Donnie and Dolly in preparation for this episode and the thing that they mentioned that I think is valid is that the Canucks actually have like a very long history now of going after guys with who are really green like who don't have a lot of experience uh Jim Benning and Trevor Linden no experience in a front and not in the front office role but in a general manager and president role Travis Green brand new head coach in the NHL, Willie Desjardins, brand new head coach in the NHL, Mike Gillis, brand new GM, Dave Nonis. brand new GM. Yeah. His
0: first time too. Yeah.
1: Um, so maybe there is something to be said about if the plan here is get a guy who has uh, a lot of experience and more importantly, uh, one could argue, I think I saw Thomas Drance make this point, a lot of former underlings in the league, who are going to want to make nice with their old boss and mm-hmm. uh, you know, a guy who's well-connected and can probably like get that extra pick in the trade, you know, get the sweetener. Um, yeah. Cause we've
0: had, we've had two GMs in a row. whose reputations are one, somebody that other GMs just refuse to trade with and get yeah, us black after a while. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then you have a GM that everybody really wants to trade with <laughs> for obvious reasons in Jim Benning because uh, they can get whatever picks they want uh, in addition to whatever the deal is. Uh, with some guy that I honestly think, like like what you said, uh, they have a respect for him yeah, in, in their circles. Um, so, yeah, I, I think to, to put it concisely, the Canucks have may have accidentally done a good hire here but let, we can talk about process.
1: Yeah. Well, it all comes down to what they're going to do with the rest of their front office, because yeah. right now they yes. don't have one. Um, I think like if they hire, if they hire some like uh, hot up and comer or Lawrence Gilman, or like they go straight out of left field and hire like Eric Tulski or something, then this is going to be amazing because they're going to have this like, like the young hotshot uh, analytics GM or whatever. And the old savvy overseer, you know, and you get that balance and it'll be really nice. Now, yeah. on the other hand, if they turn around and just go and hire like Mike Fuda or even like Jason Botterill, whose name I'm hearing a lot, then it's going to be a lot less. Uh, that, then I'm going to look at, at this decision mm-hmm. in like a, a, not as good of a light because it's going to feel like you're just sort of moving. You're just kind of bringing in an old front office where there's, you're just replacing one old stagnant, like bones of an organization with another one. And I mean, I, obviously like Jim Rutherford's track record is still a lot better than Jim Benning's, uh, even with the bad trades, like he certainly, uh, he may, he has one more cup. Yeah. He's, he's, he's one, he actually has two more cups because he won one with uh carolina, carolina as well oh right yeah um yeah. and i mean obviously that's a long time ago now
0: and that, so, and that was yeah. a team that also went to the finals uh twice in yeah. five years right because yep. of 2002. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah i think they they it wasn't uh, just
0: like a one-off
1: like oh the southeastern division well, team
0: just like suddenly got like the no, funny
1: thing though is i think they decent. they went to the final twice and missed the playoffs twice <laughs> over oh, that span yeah. they were cool. a very weird team but um, there's also there's another That's, reason. Uh, well, they needed to get
0: Eric Saltzman. Yeah,
1: um, there's another reason to not be so jazzed on this hire as well, um, which it is, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this, but um, Rutherford's alleged involvement in a uh, sexual assault, sexual misconduct uh, scandal dating back to. Uh, his time with the penguins. Do you mind giving people sure. a bit of a rundown yeah. on that? Uh,
0: so the way that I learned about this uh, and it wasn't that he, he himself was directly involved, no. but pep, petbugs 13, uh, somebody that I've referenced a couple episodes ago, uh, as an account, because Wonderful he, he guy needs to come bugs. on
1: the show. Sometimes we got to have <laughs> yeah, him on the show. he
0: becomes on uh, just a, just a great uh, connect Twitter user at petbugs 13, um, the one of the only people I saw immediately jumped to this, uh, talking about how, uh, there was a sexual assault, uh, situation in the Pittsburgh front office, um, where one member, uh, I believe assaulted. it was an
1: assistant coach. Assistant uh, coach, yeah. So it's, the, uh, it was, it was like one coach, last name
0: Donatelli.
1: Yeah. And
0: he, he assaulted another, uh, Penguins, uh, staff member's, uh, spouse. Yeah, Um, Scaldas uh, is the name of uh, the other person. Yeah, Uh, oh, it was Aaron Scully who was uh, who was the victim there. And so there was a lawsuit about it. It was uh, it was filed around November eleventh, twenty eighteen, or sorry, probably in twenty nineteen, and. So Scald, sorry, I don't have his first name. Or sorry, it's Jared Scald. Jared Scald, uh, yes, thank At you. the 2019 draft in Vancouver, he informs, uh, I'll just read read out the timeline here. So on June 21st, sure. 2019, at the draft, Scald informs then-Penguins AGM, Bill Guerin, who I think is now in Minnesota, if I'm, if I'm correct there, uh, about the assaults after Donatelli did not follow through with uh, going to, I think it was, he was supposed to apologize. And he, he didn't follow through with that. Um, and Scald was told that it would be handled uh, by Garen uh, in the in the lawsuit. Uh, and then we find in Bill June 25th. Garin, who
1: was one of the AGMs at the time, I believe. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. June 25th, Jared Scald meets an in house attorney and describes his wife's struggle with the emotional trauma of the night. The attorney asks at the end whether he feared he would lose his job as a result of Mr. Donatelli's conduct. And he answered that yes, he did have that fear. Um, and Aaron Scald is never interviewed. Uh, on June 28th, Donatelli resigned for personal reasons. Uh, And reportedly Donatelli was actually dismissed, but Scald claims he was told by Guerin that, quote, knowledge of the incident and termination had to be suppressed, cautioning that it has to stay quiet and can't be let out, unquote. So that is a reason that Bill Guerin's reputation has, uh, has has diminished for good reasons because he said those things. Um, And I believe it was, uh, I don't don't think it's in Petbug's thread, but obviously Jim Rutherford's the GM at this time. And I think if you've done any learning or if you already had your head on straight about uh, this type of issue in the hockey world uh, for the last few months, especially, um, you, you know, that I don't know. I don't know if I, if I need to spell this point out, but Jim Rutherford's at the top of this. Yeah. And he would, he would be knowledgeable about this. It's inconceivable to, to, uh, to imagine that Jim Rutherford did not know what was going on here or or did not call any shots here
1: as Uh, always my preference would be uh just don't hire someone whose name is out there in a story like this there there are there are there are are a lot of candidates who unfortunately that crosses off the list but uh there are just as many whom it doesn't and it it kind of it pushes me more to the negative side uh obviously given the fact that uh as I said earlier, like I'm, I find the choice uninspiring to be good with. And then, um, when you hear a story like this, it certainly doesn't give you a lot of hope uh, in terms of organizational culture and uh, progressiveness. And yeah, it feels there... feels unbecoming of a a city like Vancouver that uh, you know I like to think, even as shitty as it is, is still better on this kind of thing than a lot of other uh, cities that have NHL franchises. So.
0: I I just want to say, like, because of the amount of information that we don't have, it's hard. It's hard to say certain things. But for all we know, he could. Jim Rutherford could be on the same level Stan Bowman was. And what we think about Stan Bowman now, and what the reputation he had, and like what we should have all been thinking uh, as soon as the story happened, um, or when any information was was available to us. Uh, But for the same reasons that you that that Stan Bowman will should. Never get a job in the NHL ever again, uh, or in the hockey world, or anything where he manages personal relationships in any way, shape, or form. The same could be said of Jim Rutherford, yeah, and I sure. wish more yeah. journalists dug deep into it and asked the questions at press conferences. I know tomorrow he's going to he's going to be announced, and I hope that gets announced too. Like we yeah. we don't have the information. I think it's a right for us to demand that information, and when you combine that with the fact that this this uh, decision seems to be have been made pretty fucking hastily i mean um, yeah and we'll get to so that, that
1: more in a minute okay um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, but that's about
0: all i wanted to say about i that will say that
1: this is just emblematic about bad decision making i wouldn't playing. uh i wouldn't hold your breath on seeing it get uh addressed because yeah um one one it's a long time ago all right i mean it's not that long ago but it's well, a few it's years more, ago. Re- more recent than uh more recent than, than bowman yeah yeah uh it, but uh you know i just i remember a couple of weeks ago seeing thomas Drance just get absolutely seward for asking about the uh, jake vertanen investigation and that is i think i would argue more was more relevant to the moment than this necessarily is in the sense that uh, the jake vertanen thing was something that happened while he was in this organization under this organization's watch and the investigation is still ongoing, whereas the matter in Pittsburgh, you know, not to not to defend it or anything, but the the least you can say about it is that it is resolved. It was settled out of court, um, whereas the Dertanen thing is still ongoing and he just got absolutely like trashed by so many people and uh it really i thought it was really disgusting actually i'm glad i got that yeah opportunity.
0: I, I agree that it is disgusting yeah. and it's just i think petbugs bugs um said said the same that like i'm wondering yeah i'll just read it out um and a reminder for all you high horse riding hockey media out there that just spent three months crying about how what a tragedy tragedy the call beach situation was this is a test for your newfound journalistic principles so I think no. even even if we can point out like oh look these consequences Dran's face for anybody else like I, I I just I lose a lot of respect for anybody especially now especially yep. when the opportunity was was available for anybody who maybe asterisk had an excuse to not learn about this before uh, you absolutely don't have one now and uh, honestly that that goes to our friends too like absolutely yeah with all the, with all due respect like. Yep our Friends need to step up to shouts
1: so. out to Daniel Wagner who brought it up in his uh introductory piece on yeah Jim Rutherford. W- w-
0: Wags has definitely like is like a benchmark for this kind of thing when definitely, it comes to, yeah. to men in hockey media locally, yeah. the very least.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the, the next thing that I wanted to address is uh, you mentioned how hastily this decision was mm-hmm. made. Um, I think in fairness it's tough to say and as we're going to get to in a minute it can be tough to say when decisions are actually made versus when they're finalized Mm. but the thing in Vancouver is that shit gets leaked so early that I'm generally inclined to think that like if you're hearing about it it means it's done once they're (laughs) saying it's done it means like get ready for the press conference and once they announce it it means like the press conference is tomorrow you know like that's kind of the <laughs> the rate that we work at out here that yep. that's the pace that we move at um but the uh the other like news of the week since we last recorded is uh the Canucks also fired uh their assistant GM and i believe it is uh um, I it was can't Chris Gear and Chris, Chris Gear and Jonathan Wall. I can't remember Jonathan Wall's title. He used I believe to be, he's the director of analytics. He he. I believe but he's, he, he's worn a lot. of crosses. across his yeah. Years. Yeah, I believe it's even a higher position than that now. Uh, I think that like, was his
0: position, but like
1: I think it's almost it's almost it's like a weird thing, like director of hockey operations or something. Let, like that. let me let
0: me get this right. Jonathan Wall uh, was the executive director of hockey operations. Yeah, there you go. And Chris Gear is an assistant GM.
1: Yes, who handled contracts apparently. Which is I've a tough seen mixed one. things about
2: that because people yeah. have both been saying that like there's have been <laughs> whining about this team and their contract work for the past, you know, eight years. But also I've heard that so why do we care that he's gone? But at the same time I've also heard that he, you know, won all the small battles and made these contracts as less bad and if we had seen the original draft, so they would have been better. I don't know. But, it, uh, it, also, I think
1: that the big, the big thing you could say as a feather in his cap is the Pedersen and Hughes deals, right? Which were and, and, and legitimately also, good. Like not, there's no like, asterisk. Like those are good deals.
0: My impression has been Chris Gear hasn't been like has a lot of experience with the team, but hasn't been involved in the signing of contracts. Like the the Lawrence Gilmaning job, uh, yeah. I don't think he's been involved in so much. Like he's been involved with a lot of other contracts, including getting the Abbotsford Canucks on the table yeah. uh, and things like that. Like a lot of business operations uh, with Canucks sports and entertainment. Uh, he's been a big player with, but, and he's been rising up quickly. Cause I remember, I, I think when the Abbotsford Canucks were getting announced, Chris gear was all over that. And even Friedman was talking about Chris gear as like an up and comer. Yeah. And so I, 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 basically, my assumption—and totally correct me if I'm wrong—is that Gear hasn't been involved in, like, the Derek Dorsett
1: and Lucas Pisa. No, he hasn't uh, been. A, he hasn't anything been like that. Uh, in yeah. the front office long enough to be involved. In yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. He was a fairly new addition. Um, I believe he was promoted after Judd Brackett left. Not that the mm. not that the two things were necessarily connected, but
0: yeah, but it was uh, around that purge. It was around time. that time. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, Jonathan Wall, famously, has been with the organization forever. Even for a guy who is not very old, um, started I want to say as like a stick boy. Uh, wow. Was a was the equipment manager during the West Coast Express era. No um, way. <laughs> and worked his way up to becoming the uh, the uh, director of analytics, and then now the executive director of hockey operations. Um, I will say, as somebody who um i've actually met jonathan wall very briefly uh he used to come to those van hack uh conferences all the time uh he was he was at every single one um which is a good sign when you're uh the analytics guy in an organization that you're going to those things um
0: (laughs) the bar is low but uh, yeah yeah the bar
1: is low but um i've never heard an unkind thing about either of those guys particularly wall um everybody speaks really highly of them. And I understand people saying that like they should get rid of, um, you know, all these guys that have the stink of this regime on them or whatever. But what I would say to that is one, these are both guys that predate Jim and John. And two, Mm -hmm. if that applies to them, why doesn't it apply to Stan Smeal? Yeah. And if your only answer is because Stan Smeal is a former player, then that's bad process. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not sure what the I'm I'm like holding off on having a strong opinion until I see who they replace these guys with. But right now at the moment, um, it looks like an excuse to shrink hockey ops. And to me, it 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 looks bad because you have Stan Smeal citing those guys as part of the leadership group going forward in the press conference where he is sitting next to Francesco Aquilini and then two days later they're fired and you don't have replacements for any of these guys so right now your front office is Stan Smeal, Henrik and Daniel and Jim Rutherford a guy who is so a brand new president two guys who are brand new to the organization and have no experience and a guy who in fairness has like a a fairly st- strong record with the organization, but is also a former player. Um, yeah. Has, has
0: been here in the front office for a very long time. Longer than Jonathan wall has been in the front office. Yeah, yeah. no, he's yeah. been in like, the front office since, go, like, the going eight, back to like nineties, like going, yeah. yeah. Going back to like, I remember even when the camera would pan up to Burke uh, during the West coast express era, Stan Smith was right there.
1: Yeah. He's, he's been he's a been senior forever. advisor forever. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I want to say, like, I, I don't – I want to give these guys a shot because I don't think – I don't – I'm not just standing here being like, oh, these are terrible moves and this was a terrible hire or anything because I do think Jim Rutherford is uh, – you know, he has a track record. He's won three Stanley Cups. He, at, from a hockey perspective anyway, like does deserve a, the benefit of the doubt a little bit here because he's done it. He's actually done the thing multiple times. and that is hard to do uh, even and, and, when, not, and
0: not in a like scouting sense that Jim Benning was a part of.
1: No, yeah, yeah. He, he, he did it as the guy. And mm-hmm. um, and you know as as I alluded to earlier, when you're in a situation where you know there's not a lot of experience, you have traditionally gone after people who don't have a lot of experience, depending on who they bring in here, and how much input Rutherford had on these decisions, you know, I may turn around tomorrow and they, you know, they announce their new front office and say, okay, they got it right. Mm -hmm. But for the time being, it looks weird. Don't you think?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I was like, Jonathan Wall doesn't seem like the kind of guy and Chris gear, maybe they just don't seem like the kind of people that you get rid of to clean house. They, they seem like the guys who can actually give you at least Jonathan Wall, Chris Gear, maybe less so. Yeah. Uh, but Jonathan Wall, equipment manager since the West Coast Express era or like back then, right? Like, at the, the very kind of, least, the kind of they person can give that can you... help build the identity of the team that can give you a lot of insight into how this team's operated exactly. in the past. Yeah. Like, if I'm Jim Rutherford, I probably want a couple guys here who can tell me what to look out for with the Aquilinis by all means man like clean the fucking the whole scouting department all that kind of stuff linden, these these guys don't strike me as the guys who have been responsible for the way this team has operated poorly
1: linden yeah. interviewed torts before he fired him and that mm-hmm. was torts after that mm-hmm. year right yeah like there's something to be said about just not rushing to to those decisions and i know Like, I know this is maybe a bit rich coming from people who have wanted to see the general manager gone for the last five years, (laughs) but I don't think there's anyone in uh, Vancouver media or even Canucks fans who would have told you Jonathan Wall and Chris Gear were the problem before uh, three days ago.
2: Yeah. Um it's and it's a thing that's happened. The same people who defend everything are now saying it was a good move, but no one else is saying it was a good move. Yeah, exactly. Which would tell you exactly what what you're dealing with.
1: One thing that I thought was really funny was what was a guy who told me he was like, Well, obviously you've never like worked in business before because obviously (laughs) the recruiter everyone knows that you don't uh you you don't like keep a toxic person around. Uh you know, you just fire them or whatever. And I was like, I was like, yeah, everybody knows you never f- find a replacement for somebody before firing them. Like, uh, yeah. I don't yeah, know. What, did, what did you say? It's
0: it's always better to keep the toxic person in their seat until you find a replacement than to have nobody there. So
1: so like there. he's been with the organization for 23 years. You think he's toxic? Like really? Come on. Yeah. Come on. That's, that's fucking stupid. I'm sorry. Like you couldn't wait a week you can wait one more week. Let Jimmy have an interview with them. Like, let them see. Let them let see if they're on the same page. Like, you know, sometimes every you once in a If you've worked with while, the organization
2: for twenty three years, that means you've worked with it under what Burke, Nonis, Gillis, and Benning. You're yeah, clearly pretty GMs. adaptable. Was that
1: four different GMs?
2: Yeah, four different GMs. You're clearly pretty adaptable.
1: So makes like, sense, Neil. No. And there are yeah yeah five <laughs> different GMs. Yeah. yeah, and there there are there is a precedent too for why like it is wise to look at what's in your organization internally before looking elsewhere, because as old heads will remember, Elaine Vigneault was not a Gillis hire. He was an onus hire. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Mike Gillis went into the meeting with Elaine Vigneault thinking I'm going to fire this guy mm-hmm. and Vigneault convinced him not to do it. And we got uh, like the best, are inarguably the best stretch of Canucks hockey that the city's ever seen. Yeah, and so, let's yeah. go
0: go back to process. I mean, if I'm some if I'm hockey ops guy around the league and I'm looking at Vancouver, I'm like, oh, maybe I can get a job there. Then I see the history of the Aquilanis, not just the whole twenty-three plus year history, but looking at the way of these guys just get canned after loyalty to the organization without a word. Without a word with Jim Rutherford, as far as I know, or at least Jim Rutherford never met with these guys. Is what was reported. Like this is before Jim Rutherford even landed in Vancouver. Yeah, they got fired. Like I, just like a lot of players who don't want to sign in Vancouver because of the way they've seen players get treated. Uh, cough, cough, Troy Stature. Uh, why would I want to get hired by the Canucks? Why would I want it to even like d- just test the waters here when I clearly see that I'm not going to be respected like this uh, unless the times are the times are good.
1: Oh, yeah. And then that reminds me, too. We also had the amazing tweet from uh, Francesco yes. Aquilini that uh, obviously it would be malpractice to not mention this. I'll pull it up here. If um,
0: there is a way we can get the Mario speak for it, I will, I will look this up after and Justin insert it over in place of Jackson reading it out. If, if like, I'll, I'll try to look for it as well, but
1: yeah, editing note. We'll Thank see you. if we can find a, a like Mario soundboard or something or, uh, yeah. or whatever. One of those things that takes the, uh, takes yeah, the words and for makes it. it sound like Kanye West or whatever, but for a big fat. Yeah, I you know, swear Italian I like,
0: was the one who showed you guys that. Now I don't know where
1: it is. Yeah, I don't either. Editor's note, uh, what? What the fuck? What you're
2: asking me to do? What you think I'm. You think I'm some kind of genie? I just snap my fingers and magic happens.
1: I'm not doing that. Okay. anyways, says gotta love media in Vancouver two weeks ago. What's wrong with Aquilini? Why isn't he clearing house? Can't he see it's a disaster? Why is he slow? So slow to act two weeks later. Why? Why is he so moving so fast? Why is he cleaning house? Can't he see it's a bad look? Kind of funny, actually. Okay. My first observation about this <laughs> is he this motherfucker thinks he is so clever. Like, just the way this is written is, like, the guy on the forum who everybody hates because he thinks he's so fucking smart, and he's just a giant dipshit. Just, like, it, it, it has the same, like, tonal quality as the, like, infamous, in this moment, I am euphoric uh, Reddit post. <laughs> I don't know. That's a deep cut. But, um, yeah, I, I
0: just... He's the guy on bodybuildingforums.com fighting about the how many... How many days in a week you go to the gym? Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, you fucking idiot. It's fives or seven. There are five. There yeah.
1: (laughs) If you if you work out every other day in a week, that means you work out five days. He's that guy. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I this is one of those things where it's like I hate I fucking hate being the guy who defends the media because like (laughs) inside of hockey. I I just think the media is hilarious, and I like to make fun of them. And outside of hockey, uh, in spheres that matter a little bit more, particularly like politics and stuff, I just find the whole like defend journalism people to be so insufferable. But um, I fucking hate this shit so much. Like you, you've your team has sucked for like six years, and you face the media once, and you're and like this is the shit that comes out of your mouth like congratulations on being the last guy on the lower mainland to figure out that your general manager sucks great job dunking <laughs> on everyone yeah i don't know Fine. i loved i loved it so much
0: <laughs> I, I he's a poster like he's he really he's is. on with us he's online with us he sees all this he like didn't he didn't he block riley
1: yeah, he did. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like <laughs> this, this is beautiful. <laughs> he, he he's on there with us. Uh, he probably does not have any fucking clue who we are. Uh, we we no, are in a goddamn niche here. But um, I I think it's great. I uh, like it, he's never going to sell the team. I I just hope he keeps tweeting. Like I know people kept saying like oh I hope he, hope he keeps tweeting. That was back when he would just be like oh so tight like a playoff game. Let's go boys. Blah blah. blah. Like, no, I want I, I want these morsels. I, I want I want him to get mad. I want let's, him to get into fights. Let's look
1: at his posts before this. December 10th. Love it. Exclamation mark. <laughs> December 9th. Quote 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 tweeting the uh, official Canucks account that says introducing our new president, hockey operations, Jim Rutherford. Welcome to Vancouver, Jim. Couldn't be more pleased. Exclamation mark. Uh, December 8th gotta love it exclamation mark December 6th off to a nice start exclamation marks, <laughs> December 6th uh, a quote tweeting the uh, Francisco a post from the Canucks account um, that uh, has the official statements on the firings it just says he just says beginning of a new era and then his last post before that was on October 28th frustrating night <laughs> I don't know I just think it's, it's just
0: like a car dealerships Twitter account yeah. Yeah. Uh can we take no, literally seconds? it literally took thirty-eight
2: days from them to do that from when he had his frustrating night. So <laughs> I think the complaints about the hastiness or the complaints about him being slow are pretty valid.
0: Can, can we take a minute to look at the most recent and probably final piece of work by our friend Yerkie twenty one.
1: Oh yeah. Number one
0: sixteen, the finale of Benning on Empty has come out.
1: Oh, has it? It has come out. Oh shit. Go to his
0: page. Let's okay. let's let's go through it together. I'm sure we're gonna have some reactions.
1: One thing I like about Benning on Empty is he packs lots of jokes into into light into they're, them. Like yeah, it's not just like tight, set up punchlines. Like, punch lines. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, there's always like jokes littered throughout.
0: It's it's a smart person's comic. It's and and for everybody. I love the calm
2: down John Garrett thing.
0: I love the flying V, for the record. Mel- <laughs> Melissa has a black flying V, and i that's how I felt there. That She just, like, has that jersey.
1: Just... <laughs> huh. I'll say this. Leave John Garrett alone. He's old and friendly. Yeah, oh, yeah It's, yeah. Fun. I, I, it's, I it's funny that
0: he's complaining enjoy.
2: about this, but, like, I don't hold this against him. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. if
1: you played for the Canucks, you're supposed to think that. It's fine. Yeah. Like, although yeah. the one thing I did think was spotty is somebody was like, if the Canucks jersey is so sacred, how come they've changed it 16 times? <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. But the other joke <laughs> I really liked
2: is, how respectful is it to cover the jersey and catch up, John? <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, like, yeah, come on. So I'm
0: like, oh, God. The way he uses the font really gets jim Uh, so
1: well (laughs) yeah it it really is great the the all caps uh like i'm pretty sure it's comic sans is great this this is my favorite bit though no jim i'm sorry i gotta let you go john Wisebrod. a difficult choice but i have to say that i'd be honored to step in and no you're gone too whoever you are
0: (laughs) oh that's so good
1: Uh, that's great god bless
0: yeah I, i i like that he put I like that he put John in like a taupe suit.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting choice. Just a choice. Yeah, he is. Uh-huh. I mean, he is a loud, a loud dude. I wonder if he'll uh, get like, I think there is a chance that Jim Benning could uh, get another job in hockey at the very least. Maybe not a general manager job, but like if John Wisebrod gets another job, then we know there's like we- a fucking hockey Illuminati <laughs> out there somewhere. yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's enough on the uh, the new guys and the old guys. Um, do you guys want to talk a little bit about uh, Phoenix not paying their rent on time, <laughs> or Arizona rather?
0: Yeah, I, I I I have no idea what to add, but I think that's just great. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. I just Sorry, like every I don't know time you. Arizona
2: claims that they've gotten their shit together, they just
0: <laughs> have not. Oh, it's amazing yeah, to me
2: that that they, like, they we got hired, the... we hired the most progressive general manager in hockey he so that's company then they do phrenology and then <laughs> and, the Le- and
1: like he's more interested <laughs> in like making money off his dairy queen franchises than like running the team and yeah. then uh yeah and then <laughs> and then they they draft the like uh like racist hate crime kid and then uh (laughs) right like in the middle of all this and then uh the next year it's like okay we're serious now uh we've 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 got a new owner who is trying to bleed the team dry (laughs) and abuses everyone and also we haven't paid taxes in like five years (laughs) (laughs) they literally got to the point where they were going to lock the doors on them Apparently it's all settled now, but yeah, I can't so, believe that it got they, to that point. It's
0: it's yeah. so relatable for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to change, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Forgets to pay rent. Um that I, it it did remind me about the level conversation we had about how owners really do want to make sure they own the arena too. And yeah, uh, I, I would yeah. I I totally do not pay attention to the arena ownership stuff in Phoenix. Like I like Whenever there's like a hugely upvoted thing on hockey Reddit that's like, Oh my god, the city council meeting in Glendale. I don't like I don't care. Just just every every time you guys tease that the team is gonna move, it never happens. Just call me when it happens. Oh, they're never moving.
1: It's <laughs> yeah, just Gary's planted his flag in the sand. Like Yeah,
0: only after he dies will that will that happen.
1: Or like, retires. Or whatever. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I th- yeah, you're is implying that uh, he's all retired until <laughs> he's dead. Yeah, I yeah. guess so. Yeah.
1: Fair <laughs> I right.
0: mean, I mean the NBA guy pretty much retired right before he died. So it'll it'll be within weeks of each other, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. Um nothing 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 else to add there. Um I you know, I actually am curious about what because I okay, look, four games under Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah. N- not a big sample size. Boudreau himself said Look, I need like 10 games before my system actually gets in place here. Which is true. But yeah, I did want to talk about just since we were all excited about Boudreau coming in last time. uh, What do you guys think of how the team's been playing? Because I've had a great
1: time watching this team. It's so
0: much more exciting.
1: They're playing to their strengths instead of trying to cover for their weaknesses. And I think that's Mm -hmm. more fun to watch.
0: Mm, I don't sure. know
1: if it's actually gonna result in better like results long term, just because I do think uh getting back a little bit to the Francesco stuff, like this roster was bad. And yeah, the roster it's, is still incredibly flawed. It's really worrisome to me to see Francesco pound the drum over and over again about how like they were surprised that the team was bad. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, yeah, you and no one else, dude. Mm-hmm. Um And you clearly, you know, I don't care what anybody says, like you clearly still have your fingers all over hockey ops. And as long as you do, that's bad because Mm -hmm. that is like Gillis having his toys taken away is like the start of the the bad times, you know? Um, And it's been a through line through possibly now like three front offices and certainly like, you know, through Gillis to Lyndon and Benning. Yeah. even even the you know the changing of the guard from having that president there to to just not and just rolling with Jim. Um, yeah,
0: we we knew we knew that things were going bad once Francesca Aquilini took away Mike Gillis's uh, shaving set from him.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, as far as like. Um, you know, I, I'm not good at, I'm not uh, like great at systems stuff. I, I can definitely tell their four check is more aggressive. And I like, uh, I like his strategy of just being like the PK sucks. Let's just use everyone. I love that get so much. Yeah. it's um, so funny. It is funny. And it works. <laughs> it does. It's worked so far. And I like, I don't know, like, I sort of like the idea of particularly if, if things aren't going well, like just put your skilled players out there and have them I, people act like that's such an unprecedented thing the best uh like canucks penalty killing unit in history was uh like had pavel Bure on it was like beret no really. i want to say hmm. um but famously like uh yeah we have to i mean it makes sense, especially with
2: breaks he has so much speed that you can do that really fast counter-attack right exactly
1: yeah and the other thing too is like if you Particularly if you have a guy who's really good on faceoffs and you can get the puck off the draw, you have space. Like you have more space. You don't have as many people to pass to. But uh, you know there are like some unique offensive opportunities that can come from uh, from being on the PK if you have the puck. That's the that's like the key part though. And like yeah. one one problem yeah. the Canucks have is they don't really have a great faceoff guy anymore. Which yeah. like people people underrate the importance of face-offs because it's generally sort of a given that your team is going to have at least one guy that can can do it when you really need a win. Um, yeah, my impression with
2: face-offs is, like, as long as you're between, like, 48 and 52% or whatever, it doesn't, like, as long as you're within reason, it's fine. But, like, if you actually are bad at them, it starts to hurt you.
1: Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. That's, it's kind that's of why... Because yeah. I know, like,
2: I always think it's, like, Stop talking about a player. And if you're if you acquire a player, the best thing you can say about it is he's good at
0: faceoffs. He's
2: probably bad.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like that mean, shouldn't be their best skill. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why. God, I hope Gilman comes. Uh, I I doubt. I, I'm less convinced that he's going to come with Rutherford. To be honest, uh, yeah. I don't think Gilman yeah. wants to work under a super senior president. Uh, I think he, he wants it to be more of a like a 1A, 1B thing rather he than... He
1: did, uh, Jim Rutherford, though, I will say, he did hire the uh, War on Ice guy, uh, which was one of the early oh.
2: analytics hires. Yeah, Ace Ventura.
1: Ace Ventura, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Sam Ventura. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I believe is um, his name,
0: yeah. And uh, The place I was going with that is that mm-hmm. I hope if he comes that Manny also joins. We, yeah. I really want Manny Mel.
1: Apparently, they need him because, yeah, the face-off situation. Yeah. Is oh, I was worried you were talking about some other Manny from Hockey Twitter. <laughs> 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 wow. They need somebody to, to post their ass for no reason.
0: <laughs> um, uh, I was going to add about the PK. Uh, that That is one of the things that I'm most afraid of other teams figuring out quicker. Yeah. Uh, but on top of that, um, and better news is like, I love the... I love the discourse and or just the conversation and the quotes coming out about other offensive players, like wanting to be a part of the penalty kill. Like it just sounds like a fun team environment where now that the penalty kill is open to everybody that all like the players are internally competing for it and they want to show, they want to show everybody that they can do it too. And it's just, it's just fun to see. I think it, it's uh it's, I'm assuming that it's having good impacts on everybody.
2: Yeah, I think it's also if you have the personality to be an NHL player and, like, your team is getting sunk by its sub-50% penalty kill, (laughs) yeah, you're going to be like, no, I don't care if, you know, I'm not the right, like, style of player to be on the PK. I am good and I will do better than these guys because I want to win and I'd rather... I'd rather win or lose based off my contributions than like having to sit on the bench while they give up a goal yeah. every two penalty kills. I think
1: there's something to be said too Absolutely. about uh, lightening the load. Like, just why? Mm-hmm. Why do you play the same like five players on the penalty kill over and over again? Like, yeah, unless yeah. unless they're like so good at it and you never play them at even strength or whatever. Like, yeah. why not just? Why not just rotate people in and out? And the other the other advantage you get is that teams just won't have the book on these guys yeah they're just gonna be absolutely. like oh yeah we don't know how these people kill penalties because they haven't done it before mm-hmm. or they don't do it often enough for us to like really know what their what their tendencies are or whatever on on a final note about boost Boudreaux, we'll end on a positive he thing. said it he said boost oh did i do did i say Boost again? <laughs> He said yeah. boost. He's, yeah. he's boost to me he will always be boost um he uh I just like him so much as a guy, and I think he's, he's so great. I think he's I so yeah. he's so cute. Uh like he is adorable. Uh he's hilarious, he's really humble, and um mm-hmm. I can tell that you know, like the you can just see that the mood around the team is so much lighter. And one thing I really, really liked, I watched his media availability before we recorded today. One thing that I really really liked is he explicitly mentioned the fans in his hmm. opening like address they asked him about what his goal was and about how to like how to kind of make something out of this season even though it kind of looks like they're already out of it i i believe the question was about like do you have to keep stressing playoffs to keep the mood up and to keep players engaged and to like you know keep them uh believing or whatever. And, and he was, he kind of gave an answer about like how that's a, that's a really, that's a lot to ask when you're this far out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the thing that he said that I thought was really, really awesome is he said the thing that we want to start smaller. And that starts with things like, you know, when winning the week, and he said, getting fans engaged with the team again, because mm-hmm. if fans are engaged, Then the mood in the building is light. It keeps the players light. It keeps them having fun. And that's a thing. That is a thing that I really, really like to see in a coach, especially a guy who's as old as Bruce Boudreau is, is like hockey is supposed to be fun. And a lot of people in the sport forget that. And Uh it is so much better for the sport and so much better for this market to have a guy, particularly a guy who's going to be talking to the media after every game, who thinks it's supposed to be fun. Mm. Yeah, I think that wholeheartedly like, agree. Like uh, with this city and this <clears throat> fan base and the culture here and the and the the fan culture around the team, I'm just really glad to, you know, no knock on Travis Green. I think uh, he had a pretty impressive run in the bubble. I think he'll get another job. I don't think he's a bad coach by any means, but it feels really nice to have a guy who feels like he's more of a reflection of what the fan culture here wants, which is for the team to be fun. Mm. And yeah, uh, and they have been, they've been a lot more fun to watch over the past few games. I don't know how much of that is the new attitude. I don't know how much of it is system changes, personnel changes, um, I'm not sure how I feel about uh, Pedersen playing so much with Pud Colson. I'm not sure how well it's working, um, but regardless, like, uh, things seem light, they seem fun again, and they seem like you can actually kind of build off of something now, whereas before it just mm-hmm. felt totally, like, lifeless and directionless. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: if- hell, hell, it's also just great to see Pud Colson get minutes. Also like, yeah, there's a coach who's willing to try everybody out. And the Colson is an amazing player to just, just to watch. And and his numbers are doing great too, for a rookie. And I also, I bet it must be fun for him or just at least interesting for him to be like, I'm getting coached by the guy who coached the greatest player from my country. Yeah. Like that, that must
1: be, that must be really fun. Oh, goal by Carolina. Yeah, too bad. (laughs) Uh, Maybe um, here's, here's the real question. What's up? Does Alex Ovechkin like Bruce Boudreau? Will he come here? When uh, <laughs> does that we, does that make us like uh, a candidate for the Ovechkin sweepstakes? When is Alex yeah? There? They're are gonna trade Besser
2: to have the cap space for Ovechkin. Yeah. Be extremely <laughs> confused. About how to feel?
1: I would be um. so in favor of like if the Canucks are any good by the end of his contract, I'd be so in favor of just like fuck it, like just do it. Bring him in when he's like. 42, 42 or whatever i don't right? care just
2: let him i i remember i remember you <laughs> he broke the goal scoring record as a canuck
1: how it fucking rocks so because much. i was about to it say would be so I much feel like, like the...
2: fucking redemption for like all of the other things like all the messy all the gretzky like oh, every yeah, other guy there's who... just saw, like some sad canucks goalie in the background
1: and it's his, like, no, yeah. milestone goal one. against us yeah
0: <laughs> you read my mind do you guys <laughs> remember to say
1: that. do you guys remember when um like plans a and b before vancouver went with plan c and signed radham verbata were jerome againla and yarmul yager <laughs> could you imagine if that had happened yeah I'm sad it i did. don't remember the
2: yager thing i thought that was just a fandom joke
0: maybe it was i don't
1: the, know the yager like thing i do was know there was talk
2: little. that like they were seriously looking at
0: Aginla.
1: that would have been so dope
0: yeah and uh I'm probably gonna get this wrong, but you know what? GM did end up getting a at a trade deadline
1: once. <laughs> I think, yeah, I right think sure. right? I'm not I sure. I think I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That might have been before his time, it, like, yeah, maybe by a couple of years. Uh, yeah, probably yeah.
0: not. Wait, wait, wait. Penguins, I think that might have been ratio. Euro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It, it's yeah. it's because I, I remember the like meme photo of like the the Dewey beats Truman newspaper thing with <laughs> yeah. face on whoever.
1: That's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With uh, uh like such and such team trades for againla or whatever. Yeah. As yeah, the yeah. headline. Yeah.
0: Uh, last thing, Elliot. Can you please fire off uh uh that tweet that you uh the one about Boudreaux in December. <laughs> <laughs> that I loved so much. Oh yeah, that, that was
1: great. Let's end on this.
0: What that he's
2: uh, a jolly old man who's brought everyone so much joy in December.
1: That's or right, what? baby. That's right. He's a he's uh, a large go. jolly old elf who uh, arrived in December and brought everyone tons of joy. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Um, yeah, are we going, are we going on hiatus after this for the holiday could. season? Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: that's, that's that's probably that's, that's probably. I don't know uh, if I can do next Sunday.
1: Yeah, okay, so this might be our last one for a bit. Um, totally good. Yeah. I have big, big plans coming for the near future, though, uh, with a very special episode that will be coming soon that uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy. So, in the we meantime, we also have a couple
0: of clutch guests
1: that, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. at least one of them I think we're going to get, and yeah. we can't we can't announce it yet, but.
1: Yes,
0: watch oh, oh, this space. And, yeah, and one more thing. Uh, I'm pretty sure of the time it works out. Uh, Christina and I, Christina formerly from Puck Bunnies, oh, yeah. are, are going to be making uh, a guest spot on the broadcast. Not to talk about hockey, but to talk about <laughs> Formula One. Oh, yeah. Because uh, uh, I think Jordan's is not going to be there, so we're just going to do F1 talk. That so rocks. I'm super excited for that, and I uh, hope you tune into that. Also, shout outs to
1: uh, Samantha Chang uh, on their
0: beautiful new daughter.
1: Yes, absolutely. The real reason the connects have been winning. That's right. That's right. Uh, In the meantime, follow uh, the show on Twitter at (laughs) Roxy Fever. Subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com slash Roxy Fever. I know uh, there hasn't been a lot of content up on there recently. Uh, I am planning to make it a more active thing in the new year, particularly. Um, And particularly after I get married, I'm getting married in February, guys. There's fucking a lot of shit going on right now. And I was in the hospital.
2: (laughs) Um, And you're doing a real wedding, which takes like lots of planning, not just doing a backyard thing like I did. So
1: Yeah. uh, Even that was a lot of planning. (laughs) uh, You can get access to all our back uh, catalog of Heritage Minutes, which are all really good. Uh, do you guys want people to follow you on Twitter? I don't want yeah. people to follow me on Twitter.
0: Anymore, so <laughs> you have a Jackson, you have a fantastic Twitter account. It's, Thank you. it's one of the best on Canucks Twitter. It oh, really is. I, nice. uh, you can follow him at fail on McDonald. You can it. follow me at the Austrian.
2: Uh, if you want to follow a really good Canucks Twitter account, you can follow Cody Severson at no,
1: <laughs> you can follow me at Moose kayak. I really like his
2: current normal, sorry, neutral Canucks media. Number.
1: i feel like that's that's it's approaching uh, a little bit right. on me but you know what he's gonna do but, it but cody head, brings so. such
0: a different view to it absolutely i'm sure it's good i have not been on twitter during this game so all
1: right yeah also send your hate mail as always to at fr underscore aquilini on twitter yeah for all right the, guys for real
0: aquilini um, all right. good night we real aquilini yeah
1: <laughs> wow no uh no mention of the producer all right mm-hmm. Faster we're falling Nudging here is like that's the deep, <laughs>
0: from Reach
1: <laughs> Me watching uh, Red Deep Dread on TV. That's the deep. <laughs>